0: Hey guys, I am Courtney Centers and this is the Interested By Him podcast. In 2 Timothy 1:14 it says, "By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you." So, I am so overjoyed that you are listening in today because in this podcast we will cover all of the things God has entrusted us with as Christians, and how to stay focused on what matters most by guarding those good deposits with the power of the Holy Spirit and through sanctification, all for the glory of His kingdom. Here's today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Entrusted by Him podcast. Um, this is the heart of entrusted episode where I'm going to dive in and share kind of the seeds that I talked about in last episode um, that were planted had kind of flourished and grown into learning what God had really placed in my heart years ago for the right now, which is so amazing how God does that. But um, if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that last week, I uh, had went to Dublin, Ohio, which is where a lot of interested seeds were born um, or planted. And I just going back there, it was so difficult and a blessing all at the same time. So you're going to see how that plays into this episode and kind of why I needed to go. But I really wanted to share the heart of interested in the beginning stages of this podcast because last week we talked about my testimony and God's provision in who He has made me to be to this day. And I really wanted to share those seeds that were planted. And so this episode, I just really want to dive into those seeds and the heart of interested. For his glory. Just pray and hope that everybody sees God through this story, this testimony, this podcast. Um, Of course, that is totally up to him. This is his podcast, right? It is for his glory, for his kingdom and sanctification for us as a body of Christ. Anyway, I will just dive into this episode um, and just explain everything and open up this can of worms. (laughs) So about interested. We are entrusted by him, you guys. What an honor. God chose us to be entrusted with the gifts that he gives. Okay. Uh, The Lord has called us to steward these things well that he has deposited into our lives. This means every good deposit God has put in your life, you're entrusted with that. So we're going to steward it well for his glory, right? Not for our own performance level. I'm talking marriage, children, home, work, um, your neighbors. Those are just like the huge ones that we're entrusted with. Not even the small ones. We're interested with our emotions, our choices. All of those things are gifts that God gives us. So like I said before, God is not after our performance level he gives us wisdom when we seek him to be entrusted and he gives us the wisdom to steward them well. So with that being said, um, we're just going to dive into 2018 and talk about all the hard stuff that happened in my life. Um, not easy things to do, but in 2018, there were a series of events and if you know me personally or you know me through Instagram like as a friend you probably have heard these things um, on another occasion and there was a series of events that caused me to go into a very deep depression uh, grief and then it resulted in a lot of anxiety there there was just a lot um so in February of 2018 so we're coming up on three years with my grandfather passing away he passed away on February 14th 2018 yes Valentine's Day um it was so stinking hard y'all so we my husband and I and my son moved Uh, We had lived in Dublin, Ohio. That's where we got. That's where we lived when we got married. Uh, That's where we had our first baby. It was a very super special place. So we left Ohio to go move to Louisville, Kentucky to be closer to family. And then we really felt like that was a hasty decision. So we felt like God was calling us back to Dublin. And he was. (laughs) We got to Dublin in December of 2017. And so then 2018, January, my papa started getting sick. He fell, went to the hospital, he got better. February fell again, went to the hospital, and then it just went downhill from there. And February 14th, he passed away. I remember going into that hospital room and he seen me for the first time and he said, I love you, baby, three times and um he you know he first asked about my son and he wanted to see a picture of him and then he asked about my husband we talked and whoo this is really hard to talk about <laughs> um so for anybody who knows me personally knows that my papa was my entire world before I met my husband and had my son um, and even then definitely was a big part of my whole world and um so you know in this hospital room it was just one of those feelings like god was hugging me the whole time he knew he he knew i needed his comfort and he comforted me that entire week but i knew it was i knew that it was that was it i knew that that was going to be some of the last moments that i had with with my papa and um so february 13th um I was at the hospital and I told him that I would be back the very next day because he wanted to see my husband too. And I said, I'll be back tomorrow and I'll bring Nathan. And he said, okay, babe. And uh, we said, I love you. And I left. I hugged him and I went into the waiting room where my dad was and my stepmom and everybody there to um, see him. They were all waiting in that room and uh there was a pastor that came out like maybe 30 45 minutes after that to he came over and talked to me and my dad and he said I just want to let you know that James who is my papa after talking with him he confirmed um that he was saved he he confirmed that he um had given his life to Christ and it wasn't in that moment it was I believe it was about a year before my papa had passed away because I started noticing a lot of things that were very different from the normal James that everybody knew. And um, so I believe it happened before then. Um, but the pastor said, you know, he just wanted to let you to know that he is saved. And I cannot explain to you, the excitement, I could not contain my tears, I could not contain my joy, and I just knew through him telling me that, that Papa was going to be going home, like he was, he was going to be done very soon here, it was really hard to hear at the same time, where my soul was so joyful for him, my flesh was just, it was hurting so much, and I mean, if you've ever been close to a grandparent, you know. They're your world. Especially since I spent a lot, a lot of my time at their house growing up. Like, literally every day. (laughs) And um, there were just special things about them and their home and, and everything that was like a safe place for me. So, in the last episode, I talked about how I went through, you know sexual abuse as a child for so long and all those years I was told don't tell papa don't tell papa and I could not for the life of me at that time figure out why and you know I just always thought it was because he would be like overly mad and at the time you know I thought okay well I need to tell him because he's the one that's going to do something about it and I was just Everybody just kept saying, don't tell your papa. So as a child who followed the rules, I just did what I was told. And as I became an adult, it never seemed like the right time to tell him. It just never did. He would get sick or what have you. I was always afraid that me telling him would like cause him to... You know, be more sick or whatever, or something to go really wrong. I just was always afraid to tell him, so I just didn't. And there had been a few times where um, I had felt like God really put on my heart to tell him, but I just could not bring myself to do it. Um, I was just kind of, you know, immature in my relationship with the Lord at that time, and it just—I didn't know how to word it. I didn't realize that I could really pray for God to give me the right words. Like, I mean, I knew that, but there was something in me that just was stopping me and I couldn't do it. And that was before I got married, um, to my husband. After we got married and we had our son, still just never seemed like it was just the right time. I could not find a time. Of course, it's never the right time to give somebody that kind of news, but I needed it to be a soft gentle conversation and it just never seemed like it would go that way. Um so I just never told him and then, you know, when he passed away, I had I feel like a lot of my depression I went into was a lot of that um you know, lingering pain from not telling him, not knowing and so after he passed away, everybody, you know, back home um, in the town where I'm from, I'm from a place called Corbin, Kentucky. It's the tiniest town in the world. <laughs> Sweet little town, but super small. Um, but I, um, you know, Nathan and I, my husband, we went back to Dublin, Ohio with our son. So everything for us kind of went back to normal. Nathan went back to work. Um, it went back to be being me and and my son at home um, during the day. So it just kind of went back to like a normal routine, And I had all of this pain and confusion and like hurt and grief (laughs) to process back into a normal routine where I had to be mommy and wife and still maintain a home and, and all of those things that life kept going. And so everybody back home, you know, it changed for them because Papa was no longer around. And so they had time. They had time to process this without him being around. And so the time that I had to process this was a very short time because everything went back to normal. And he wasn't there because he was never there at my home in Ohio. He was always at his home in Kentucky. And I just never had time to process all of this. And that played such a huge role in how I went through the grieving process, spiraled into depression. And I just didn't have time to process all this. And so, and I also wanted to mention this too. Um, while he was in the hospital, um it was the February 13th, um, I had mentioned, you know, that I could tell that was one of the last times I was going to see him but I realized that you know I might have one more chance so I told him I'd be back the next day with my husband and um, then the pastor came out and all that and then we went home that night and uh, that night my son started acting funny He, he didn't seem like he felt very good but he wasn't running a fever at that point so we went to bed and all of that rested and um, it was in the middle of the night he woke up with a fever and just was not it was not a good night I ended up sleeping with him on a recliner in the living room to get him to sleep Um, we yeah it was just not a good night so we knew that next morning we needed to take him to an urgent care and we did and they wanted to test him for flu so we they got him tested and everything. And he tested positive for flu. So he had the flu in that short little time, um, got him his medicine and all of that. He reacted well, it was, it was all good and fine. That was the first time he'd ever had the flu. So of course, it was scary as a first time mom, like, of course, I'm gonna stay with my baby. And so, um, you know, I remember my dad saying, stay with the baby, everything's fine. And I hadn't really heard much all day and so I kept texting my dad hey how's Papa Uh, because they went right up to the hospital that morning and um, sat with him and I kept saying you know kept texting him how's Papa all that and there was at one point a time where I didn't hear back for a while and I'm like okay something's wrong I just didn't know what it was something was wrong and, but I, I just kept getting a really bad feeling because I kept not hearing back. And later in the evening, but my son was still really sick, so we just weren't, like, paying attention to anybody. And um, then I texted my dad and didn't hear anything. But then I looked out the window and I saw, it was it was nighttime, and I saw headlights coming up the driveway. And I just, like, started bawling. Like, I... I lost it. I knew. I already knew in that moment everything was over. And I just didn't know how to process it. I, I didn't know what to do. But I still had this little glimmer of hope that everything was fine and he was okay. And he was still hanging on. And because I told him I would be back. I told him I would be back and, and Nathan would come with me. I wanted so badly to sit in that room with him and talk to him one more time with my husband. Because we had made the decision not to take my son into the hospital where there were sick people. He was still really little and um, it was flu season. And of course, you know, he got it anyway, which I totally, totally believe and so grateful for God had arranged that for my heart. Um, but I heard them come inside and my dad walked through the kitchen. They when you come into my dad's house it's a utility room like where you put your coat and your shoes and then you walk through the kitchen into the living room and he was walking through the kitchen and he didn't even make it past the dining room table and he just broke down and he said he's gone. And I remember that that hug that my dad gave me in that moment and I just did not want to let go. We had lost one of the most important people to the two of us dad was his only child and I was his only grandchild and we had lost someone who impacted our lives so deeply and so it was just it just kind of felt like in that moment we just had each other to cling to and it was one of the most precious hugs that my dad and I have ever shared and I will never forget that hug but I'll I'll never forget the look on his face either like he was heartbroken and neither one of us really knew how to process it we had never really lost anybody that we were that close to so um we just kind of processed it that night together and I honestly cannot tell you the rest of the night I don't remember it I just remember sitting there looking at dad and we were both crying that was it. I don't remember anything else. And um, so leading up to that, you know, everything changed for them. And they were, you know, kind of given this time to process everything without him being in their normal routine, their their normal uh, daily lives. And so when I went back to Ohio, My normal daily life went back to that normal routine and I really don't know how to explain that but I just did, I wasn't given that time to process it mentally without seeing him because I was already not seeing him every day in my daily life because he didn't live with us or around us and um, it really changed everything for them not having to go take care of him and things and my grandma was able to process it a little bit because of course she lived with him and anyway I I remember the night that he passed away going and staying the night with my grandmother and staying in that house for the first time without him and I'm not kidding I remember looking in the hallway and I could see a silhouette of him walking through that hallway when he wasn't even there. And I don't know how to explain that, but I laid on the couch in the living room and I kept looking at grandma just to watch her. To keep an eye on her. Because at that point she was sleeping in the recliner every night. That was the only way she could get some sleep. And so I remember looking in the hallway and feeling this presence I don't know how to explain that either but I looked in the hall and I could see his silhouette and I looked up because I felt like something was walking in the hallway and that might scare someone but it was so comforting to me and I saw the silhouette of him walking through the hallway and I knew that um everything was gonna be okay it's just gonna be really really hard okay guys well thank you so much for tuning in this week this was part one of the heart of entrusted and next week we will release part two i hope that you will tune in guys um, i am praying over this week for you i am thankful for you and my heart just loves y'all and i hope you have a great week